When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One two one two. What the hell is cracking, people? This is Jesse May Peluso, Sharp Tongue Podcast, Episode Six. Wow, wow, wow! Yes, I am here. Uh, we we celebrated Mother's Day. That happened. Happy belated Mother's Day to all you ladies out there who squeezed a child out of your nether regions. That teeny teeny little hole. You gave birth to a human being. Some of them are assholes. Some of them became politicians. All of them are assholes in that case. <laughs> Some of them became serial killers. That's a sad one when you have when you give birth to a serial killer. I wonder what Manson's mom felt like. Charlie, not Marilyn. Maybe even Marilyn's mom too. You know. I mean, I love Marilyn. Maybe his mom was like, what, what, what happened here? What did I do to turn him into this? And, you know, I, I, I love him. I really do. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I, I'm a big fan of his stuff. You know, some, some of you mothers gave birth to jocks. You know, dudes who wear letter, letters on their jackets. Do they still do that? I don't know. Is it 1950? I have no fucking idea. Some of you gave birth to sluts. Some of you gave birth to good ladies. Good ladies can be sluts. You know, there's all sorts of mothers out there that squeezed babies out of their teeny holes. And I am here because my mother squeezed me out of her little hole. And I like to thank her for that. She's a good lady. (laughs) Of course, right now if she's listening to this, she's going to be like, Jessie Mae, do you have to say that about your holes? I did not raise my daughter to be... Just gross and scatological. Can you have just a little bit of grace? Just maybe use some discretion, please, goddammit. I apologize because I realized last week I told you guys I was going to talk about girl code and why I left. And the reason that that didn't happen was because I'm such an asshole. I accidentally deleted the whole podcast (laughs) So I went to New I traveled, you know, I, I was gone for like two and a half weeks and I did an episode. I interviewed Laura Murphy, who was the director of Girl Code uh, while I was in New York. She's one of my best friends. I interviewed her. We had this great interview on her couch and uh, I fucking deleted it on accident because I'm an asshole. My mother squeezed an asshole out of her little hole and that ass- asshole's name is Jesse Mae Peluso. So I apologize. I had to delete everything that was associated with Girl Code because I wanted it to be in one episode. So that will come out when I can interview Laura again when her and I are in the same city. She should be coming to visit me in L.A. soon. So I apologize. But I will talk about Girl Code and all of that stuff coming up. Um, I'm touring. 
still on the road. I have some time off, which is dope because I'm here with my dogs and I've just been cleaning up fucking Fozzie piss. I don't know what, 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 what is wrong with this little asshole. I've never had such anger towards something so small in my life. He's five pounds and sometimes I just want to strangle him. I said I want to. I don't want people to get all angry thinking I'm going to strangle my fucking dog because I look at his face and then I just want to kiss him. But today alone, he's peed four times in the house. Now, he he pees in the house anyways. I have a wee-wee pad for him. In the bathroom, two wee-wee pads. He's almost 10 years old. The homie knows what the F to do. He knows to go to his F and wee-wee pads, but no, not good enough. He's got to come out and light up the whole fucking living room and in L.A., for some reason, these people love to have carpeted floors. I don't want to live. It's to reduce the noise, the neighborly noise. Fuck the neighborly noise because my dog is lighting up this fucking carpet. And I can't find a fucking cleaner that can clean it up good enough. Nature's Miracle is pretty great, but I need something really, really good. So somebody let me know if I can use like baby tears to clean it up because it's ridiculous. Use tears from any new mothers out there want to bottle their baby tears for me because I feel like that could solve all the problems in the world. Um, I, uh, my, again, my, I have a great mom. Speaking of Mother's Day, my mom is pretty amazing. She's, she's such a lady. My mom is such a lady. She's just a classy woman, just very reserved. I may have said this before. I've only heard her fart twice in my life. Two times. Now, that's not to say she's not ripping them left and right and just as a professional crop duster because there have been questionable smells around that lady throughout the years. Questionable, but I don't question them because, you know, she had a yardstick that was handy in the hallway. Oh, my mom didn't fuck around with a ruler. She used a yardstick. And my sister and I... (laughs) Right now, I can still hear the noise of the cellar door that she would open to get the yardstick where she kept it because it was in it was in the cellar, the stairway to the cellar, and she would open the cellar door, and there was a little draft panel that she had on the bottom of the door to 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 keep the air out, and it made this kind of she would open the door like, and then the draft on the bottom it would be like. Because it would drag along the bottom of the floor. And my sister and I, whenever she opened that door, we would haul ass upstairs and hide because we knew our mom was grabbing the yardstick. No fucking ruler. My mom didn't have time for a ruler. She used a yardstick to get get us for two extra times when we were going to be bastards. She, would, she, she had a tab. She had a tab for us when we were assholes. She'd smack us and be like, well, this is for, you know, two more down the line. Jesus. But you know, I'm not sitting here saying my mom was a child abuser, but she disciplined us. And that's something that's missing, I think, in this culture, in this society. Everyone babies. Oh, don't do this. Oh, protect the baby. Don't. Oh my God. Be nice. Don't do this. Feelings. They have feelings. You You have to discipline your kids, man. You discipline your kids. You teach them some manners and teach them how to treat people and let them know they can't be little fucking assholes in the real world because if you're a fucking asshole in the real world there's consequences and repercussions so my mother used a yardstick to ensure that we would grow up to be respectful adults and you know what my sister and i are complete assholes (laughs) 
No, I have to say my mother did a damn good job raising us with manners, even though I fart all the time. I don't really think that's not having manners. I just think I blame it on my dad's digestive hereditary situation. So, you know, but she, she raised us to have manners and, you know, the yardstick had a little play in that. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with disciplining your children. She, she always used to, uh, she always used to give us chores. That's another thing she did. She always gave us, on Sundays, I used to hate waking up. I would try and sleep in as long as I could because I knew when I went downstairs in the kitchen, there's going to be a fucking list of chores. I swear to God, that lady had me Swiffering before Swiffering was even a thing. She, she would put a towel on the bottom of a broom and have me clean, spray a little end dust on it. This bitch made a Swiffer before it was even a thing. And I'd be down there eight years old, swiffering up the whole fucking downstairs floor. I don't want dust bunnies. She always hated the dust bunnies. There's dust bunnies everywhere. I can't handle it. There's dust bunnies. And I always thought, you know, oh, we got a new pet? Nope. She's just putting me to work. This bitch, she had like 10 things on the list every week. What is she doing that the household's getting so goddamn dirty? She used to go on walks all the time. She used to love to pick up people's trash. She's a trash picker, but she would get things, you know, I'm going to refurbish this. We still have chairs from like the 1980s in our basement that this lady picked up off the street. She'd come home with like one shoe, 37 pennies, and a chair with no seat or legs talking about how she's going to start a new art project. (laughs) I just made myself snort. She would go and pick things off the street. I swear, I remember one time she came home with like a ladder. And I was like, what are you doing? Do we need to take you to a mental hospital? She just loved old stuff. But she she never did anything with it. And then she went through this whole phase of like, she she collected ab machines. We've got like four ab machines in our basement and a treadmill from 1992. Never used it. Never used it. So if any, she should have opened a gym. This lady should have opened up a chair restoration store and a gym in our cellar. That's what it looks like right now. You can get any you can get any Tom Jones record that you want. You can get an ab machine and a treadmill and a bunch of shoes that don't match and shitty chairs that you can't sit in cuz they're not even whole chairs. She's amazing. If you're listening to this mom, I love you. You're a good woman. Uh it what a week. I had so much fun this week. I actually felt like a normal person. Like I felt like I, you know, just that I wasn't, not that I wasn't a comedian, but just not touring and not being on the road for a whole week and being able to do normal things. Last night, humble brag, I went to NKOTB, that's New Kids on the Block, for all you fuckers that don't know, now you know, it was a boy band in the 90s that I wanted to lose my virginity to. (laughs) Every single one, five of them. Danny, Donnie, Jordan, Jonathan, and Joey. That's right. I know them all. I still have a bunch of paraphernalia up in our attic. We have pillows, buttons, hats, t-shirts. I have a t- I still have my NKOTB t-shirt. I took all of my girls out. It was like appreciation night for all the girls who, you know, a couple of them work for me and a couple friends, a couple co- comedian friends just to like have a girls night out where we just went and rocked out. It was so much fun. NKOTB TLC. Minus the L, R.I.P. Left Eye, miss you every day. Don't go chasing waterfalls. 
TLC was fucking amazing. Nelly opened it up. Nelly opened the show. Is he on steroids? He, he has the same shoulders as Carrot Top. I don't know if anybody's familiar with Carrot Top's shoulders. Fozzie, don't you fucking pee. I swear to God, I see you sniffing over there. Get away. I don't know if anyone's seen Carrot Top's shoulders, but he th- there's no way they're, they're real. Nelly's shoulders look exactly the same. He looks like he's all roided up, but he was great. So much fun. Down, down, baby. It's getting hot in here. Take off all your clothes. All the MILFs in the house took their clothes off. The place was full of MILFs and confused teenagers. It was a bunch of MILFs and their kids. Like, who are these old people on stage? (laughs) It was a bunch of kids. Like, are we in Disney World? Are we in the uh, animatronics show? The presidential animatronics show at Disney World? It was so much fun. TLC was... I could have watched TLC all night long. They even, they had left eye, you know, they had her rapping into the speakers. Um, but it, they were so good. They did the red light special. I give you the red light special. Oh man. I was just reliving my teens. It was hilarious. I almost got into a fight with a Puerto Rican lady. She was like 40 years old. It, this is the thing. I, we were bumping into each other. It's a fucking concert. This when you it's we're standing on the floor, and everyone's dancing. You're this isn't Joel Osteen. This isn't an evangelical Sunday mass. Bitch, get up and dance or stay home. And I was like, you know, we bumped into each other a couple times, and I said, excuse me. And then she she kind of like shoved me and was like, move down. And I was like, bitch, TLC is on stage right now. Why are you talking? First of all, second of all, relax. You have money. You're able to go out and enjoy a night. Don't bring that fucking negative energy. It's a fucking concert. I'm going to dance and bump and grind my ass off because I work hard and I deserve it. So you're a bitch. Whoever you are, you know who you are in your floral dress. I think you were confused. It looked like you were going to fucking church. Maybe you read the, the StubHub ticket wrong. It wasn't Joel Osteen. It was Nelly, TLC, minus L, RIP left eye, and NKOTB, New Kids on the Block. Bitch, read read the fine print. She made me so upset. <laughs> it was a fun week. And then Friday, I taped for Fox, World's Funniest. I'll be on that again. I was on the panel with Josh Wolf and Wayne Brady. It was so much fun. Terry Crews, um, Terry Crews hopes, hosts the show. It's on Fox, World's Funniest, hosted by Terry Crews. I don't know when the episode will be out, but I'll let you guys know. I've done it. It's my second time doing it. Uh, And then I also got to go see a hardcore show. One of my oldest friends, Charlie Gariga, who owns the bar that I used to work at in New York City, Puffy's Tavern in Tribeca. Please go check it out if you live in New York. Great bar. If you see Charlie, he's a tall ginger Spaniard Irishman behind the bar tatted up from his neck to his knuckles his name's Charlie he's one of my best friends please say hello to him um he is a musician as well an amazing guitarist and he's been in the New York City hardcore scene for years and if you're not familiar with hardcore music it's very intense very very intense music it's kind of like Marilyn Manson a little bit more edgier not as glossy uh, but along the same lines, and you know, it's not that I'm not a fan of that music. I, I'm open to all sorts of genres of music. Uh, Charlie performed with this old school hardcore band called Judge, 
who was a band that was together back in the day and they broke up and Vice did a documentary on them. Uh, Mike Judge is a guy who started the band. If you're interested in learning about new things, check it out. It's pretty cool. It's a really great documentary. My friend Charlie is in the documentary and it just kind of describes how the band got together, why they broke up and everything about that whole era and kind of about hardcore music and you know it opened my eyes I have to say it was it was pretty eye-opening to that genre and the kids who are into that music and what that music really stands for and all of that so before you judge judge check it out (laughs) um but I got to see Charlie he was visiting from New York and performed at the dilettante art space in downtown Los Angeles. And it was just a dope show, really cool, small, intimate. We got to watch a documentary and then judge performed afterwards. And there was a fucking mosh pit. I thought I was going to shit my pants. Um, I stayed on the outskirts of the mosh pit. I, I, I sent videos to my friend, Troy Kwan, who I've mentioned, he's a producer for the opening Anthony show and he's super into hardcore. loves judge. I sent him videos of that night and he made fun of me. He's like, I like how you stand. You stood on the outside. You stood as far away from the mosh pit as you possibly could. Yes, Troy, I got the fuck out of there because I don't want my face to be smashed in by these hardcore boys. Um, but that was awesome. It was so much fun to see that. Um, what else did I do this week? I went to the Funnier Die offices. I, I'm doing a bunch of meetings because I'm a free agent right now. So I'm meeting with all the uh, networks and eight and all different you know, um, like Funny or Die, I've met with them. And their offices are so cool. They, Melissa McCarthy sent, Will Farrell is one of the founders of Funny or Die. If you don't know what Funny or Die is, we can't be friends. It's a website that posts hilarious videos and you literally vote if it's funny or not. Um, and they're in his office space. I posted a, a picture of it. There's this huge horse statue it just is an enormous horse, and I love horses. I'm obs- of course I do. I'm such a girl. Oh my god, I want a horse. I fucking love horses. His name is Eduardo, and apparently it's a gift. It was a gift from Melissa McCarthy to Will Ferrell. So uh, I had to get a photo with Eduardo. Check out my Instagram. He's so cute. Totes my goats. Um, it was a lot of fun. Busy week, but with a lot of fun shit that happened. And now I'm just chilling out, cleaning up piss everywhere with my my puppies nobody got me none of you fuckers got me a gift i'm a mom i'm a dog mom i spend more money on these bastards than i do on myself i don't know if i i just don't know if i could really be a mom mom i just that freaks me out like to have a kid especially in this industry just to be a mom and to do stand-up that's that's just difficult i i can't imagine it and praise to anybody who does it or even if you're a dad and have a kid and you do stand-up comedy. That's hard too. And that brings me right into who I interviewed this week. He is a father, which is hilarious when you meet him. You talk about judging people. People would totally probably just judge him because of the way he looks and the fact that he's responsible for a life. Um, him and I kind of talked about that. His name is Big J Okerson, one of the best comedians, I think, uh, around really in this modern comedian world that we're in he's he is something he's he's so unique and fun I've always loved him he's in New York City he's based in in New York City he's been around for a while and New York comics pretty much if you talk to most comics if you talk to New York comics specifically Big J is probably one of their favorites 
I would be surprised if they didn't say that he was. He's just got a un- unique voice, and he's just a good dude. He's a, he's just you just want to squeeze the shit out of him, you know. He he's he looks like a hardcore kid, you know. He's got piercings and tattoos, and he's a big dude with a goatee and long hair, and he wears black, and he's got a chain link chain to his wallet and he's just dope he's he's an individual and I love him and I've been wanting to podcast with him since I started this Uh, him and I share representation so we're bonded at that juncture and we do stand-up comedy so we're bonded there and he's always been nice to me you know in this industry there's so many fucking assholes and there's so much ego and for some reason comedians who've been doing it longer feel the need to treat comedians who are younger like assholes and you know it's just nice like when you're starting out in this industry to meet people like Big J who just treat you like a human being and treat you like an equal you know I I think there definitely is something to say for earning your keep and going through the stages of stand-up comedy and doing the milestones and all of that but when all that's said and done I think how you treat people really goes a lot further than anything else in your career. And that's something I stand by. And, you know, he's just one person that if anybody asked me who are my favorite comedians, he would be that just on that that alone, just how he treat, has treated me, besides him being an amazing comedian, who he is as a person. And Jesus, it sounds like I want to suck his dick. I mean, can I, can I shut the fuck up already? <laughs> Jay, will you marry me? Um, but I, I just love talking to him and he's a dad too. So dope. We got into some really good shit. So I hope you enjoy my interview with Big J Okerson. I'm holding it. Say something. Hey. I shouldn't chew gum. (laughs) Are you a singer? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, no, but I wish Wah. I was. <laughs> I wish I was a singer so bad. What do you wish you could do besides comedy? Um, I really do wish I was a singer. Yeah, I wish I was the lead singer of a fucking rock band. Of a rock band? Yeah. What's your favorite rock band? I don't know. I mean, my favorite, <laughs> perform- my favorite performer of all time is Marilyn Manson. You, is, that, is that all? Like, does he just wear like polo shirts when he's off stage? No. no he That's all real? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, he, he's a guy who eventually bought his own shit, but I mean... It's, uh, I mean, he chose, you know, a look and went with it. I just can't imagine him, you like... You know what's funny? I used to be that, too. I'm like, why that weird, crazy look? But it really is no more of a different choice... Than, than the polo guy, shirt? Than a guy going, I'm going to wear khaki shorts and polo shirts in the summer. Yeah. And, in and the, comb the, over my hair. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, exactly. It's like, I'm going to buy yeah. gel for my hair. and do, It's, 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 it's the same exact thing. Dock sliders. It's just one person just going in a, <laughs> a, a more, like, you know, obviously a socially odd route. I like that, but though. it really is. So, but it is. But it, but it, if someone almost goes, I say no one ever goes like, "Oh, dude, you cornball! Like you chose to start wearing polo shirts and you know, no one does slipping jeans." But but if when you make that key decision to be like, you know, I think from now on I'm gonna do white face powder <laughs> and black lipstick and whatever, and, and one and, eye and contact. Are like, what the fuck is wrong with you, dude? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you fucking weird. Like, or or just, be, just the fact that it's corny to make a choice. You're gonna make all of a sudden now you're gonna be goth guy it's like yeah everyone kind of makes a decision at some point it, they do and it's also like 
people do pick on things that are more individualistic than only because they're like, oh shit, I'm a part of the Rat Pack. Like I'm a part of this uh, the one similar thing. I'm not unique. So of course they're going to pick on somebody who looks different because they feel like pieces of shit because they're jumping in the boring ass dock sliding river. But that's subconscious though. Yes, it is subconscious. They don't say it. Yeah, they don't feel that. They, right. they don't feel like they like joined a thing. But yeah, it's like someone is a little ballsy enough to like do something, I guess, odd. Do you know what I mean? Like, and uh, so, uh, I mean, my style has changed. I mean, throughout my comedy career. Really? Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Well, I mean, if you go way, I mean, I started in those black clubs. What did you wear? <laughs> I mean, like, food jerseys. Did you know? Like, shout out yeah, to your Kooji. <laughs> no Kooji. Those sweaters didn't look good on. <laughs> like Bill Cosby sweaters came back in style almost. Those yeah. Yeah. Do you remember that? They're like Bill Cosby sweaters. But um, no, I never did Kooji or anything like that. I, um, you wear baggy clothes? Very baggy clothes. Were you like a wigger? Yeah, sure. That's, what, that's a term that they used to describe no, the I, white kids who wanted to be a hip-hop. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And at, well, here's what happened, but like music weirdly is like kind of driven a lot of directions. Like when I was a kid, I just kind of just tried to dress like the pack. I tried to do whatever it was, which in my neighborhood was like wigger. <laughs> I mean, Mine was black. too. It was black, actually. Mine was too. I, 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 it was a pretty pretty black neighborhood for the, you know. And there was like a, that was just the influence of, the, of that time. I mean, everything from like MC Hammer pants. Oh my god, I love those pants. To like, uh, you know, the the overalls with one strap off. <laughs> yeah, backwards. <laughs> uh, what about the? I didn't do crisscross. You I didn't do crisscross. R.I.P. No. But I had a uh, <laughs> but I had a a T-shirt that had Bugs Bunny and Tasmanian Devil dressed like Chris Cross. Oh my God, I had the same t-shirt. Oh, shoot, everyone. And they were wearing <gasps> Colorado Rockies jerseys. Yes! And yeah. they, mine was front and back. Yeah, the yeah. front had the front of them and the back had the back of them. Yeah. <laughs> I, was, I had yeah, that t-shirt. What was so funny was all those t-shirts, including like the, like the, all the t-shirts at a time, I had the Bart Simpson on a uh, skateboard, don't <laughs> yes. have a cow, man, or don't cowabunga have a cow. dude. Oh my and, uh, God. And then I had, and Beavis and Butthead. Oh, and those yeah. were the three. And I got them all, but none of them fit me right because I'm just a big kid you know what I mean and so it's like always like that was hilarious for, and the kid who wore like it's amazing the difference between like someone in shape or who's like thin wearing a shirt as to someone <laughs> fat with the same yeah. shirt it's like the difference is that kid, astronomical but I mean like, yeah, that kid you know if a good looking kid put on a shirt that ridiculous still if he went to a club can still pull like pussy you know what I mean right and it's like that same fucking shirt just stretched over someone it really is just like and all of a sudden you're like huh. then the shirt becomes important you're like look kid it's not gonna be great no matter what but why would you squeeze into that fucking tube and have all your fucking roll you know what I mean like get a bigger shirt man you were a big kid yeah 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 and you, you get picked on is that like uh, this sort not, of thing yeah, I mean a little bit but like not did it like occupy your whole life that you being no. a bi- were you like the big kid, you know what I mean? Like um, where it, it just was like the thing where, as soon as I had any interests in girls, it became the consuming, yeah, to some degree, but never consuming enough to like do anything about it. Again, it's so like, yeah, was it something that sort look, of made you look, depressed? I mean, like you know, we're out here this uh, this week. One of the things we're doing is tonight we're doing the. Uh, Ramsey Moore, we're doing a memorial. That's for right. Ramsey Moore passed away. Passed away. Yeah. I mean, he was gigantic, Ramsey. You know, what I mean? for like, most like, of his life, right? I'm sure most of yeah. his. I'm sure all of his life. And yeah. I mean, like in the latter years, like, I mean, he was enormous. Like, where you're, where you're watching someone waiting to die. You know, yeah. I mean? you see Ralphie Mae, guys like that, those sizes. And and I merrily can say, I don't know weight wise, because I always like, I think it, my whole life when I would tell people what I weigh, they'd always be like, no. That, not that. When I was like 340 pounds. You were like, 340 pounds? Probably in the time you've known me, yeah. Really? Yeah. 
I mean, I'm probably like I don't I don't weigh myself anymore, but just like by knowing what I've done, I'm probably like like high two like two eighty or two something now. See, maybe, no, no. Maybe like if I'm doing great, maybe two seventy, but I'd say if I'm hitting around two eighty. But I mean, I eat like very good, and I try. Yeah, you, and you've I lost and, a and shitload of weight. Exercise, and then in the t- over time, I've lost like seventy pounds. Yeah. But I mean, like it's. Uh, so it's like a blows, conscious thing for you. Sure, but what yeah. blows my mind even now is like. Uh, like how I ate my whole life, and even like five years ago, how I ate like I don't know how I wasn't like the size, yeah. like Ramsey size or, or Ralphie May or something. It's, it's amazing that I only got to where I was because how good I eat now to how slow weight comes off, like changing your body yep. back. Uh huh. Like I mean, you wonder like how did that when not I eat bread once a week. Like, when I'm done eating it, I have a feeling of, like, whoa, shit. Isn't that crazy? When you change, you realize, like, what and you the feel, f- effect was. Well, one, you also feel bad about it, like, mm-hmm. mentally. Even though it's cheat day, you're just like, I don't want to go nuts, though. You know yep. what I mean? And then you actually feel physically bad by it. But, I mean, I, I mean, I woke up, and if there was, like, you know, I'd eat. Stop. If, 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 Is there if, something if, next if, to your bed? No, 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 no. <laughs> It wasn't I didn't I actually, just I, actually like a, did, I actually didn't really eat a ton of food most of my life. I'm not like a big you know, like where it's like, Oh, this guy wakes up, he has six eggs and like, you know, a pound right. of bacon. I'm, You're I'm, not like I, the guy in Mori Povich who needs a no, wall cut I, out. I don't even I don't even uh a lot of times morning till night I don't eat at all. A lot of my problem was that, like losing weight, was that your metabolism I yeah. only eat once a day at three in the morning and That's then I crash tough. out. Now probably the only way I was able to maintain like not being like you know a fucking spectacle was probably that I only ate one time a day but that one time a day or t- you know two times a day like if it was two times a day is because on our way out we grabbed like Burger King burgers to the oh, city you know, for me to go to do comedy yeah and then when comedy's over in the city you know it's like cheesesteak places open Arby's McDonald's yep like the, you know, the diners Bell, like things like that. yeah we didn't stop at a diner it was always we'd take it back it was me and Dave Smith like, we yeah. hung out together all the time and we'd uh, get food and we'd just go back to my fucking place and watch TV and eat and pa- and everything had like we'd get takeout food <laughs> then we'd go to Seven Eleven and get like we each get like a dessert thing you know what I mean <laughs> it was really like it's, that's, that is like the worst food ever I mean I, I and I want but it's just so like it's hard to eat on the road healthy when you're when you're when you're you know I do I mean I really just do what I can like last night I had fucking Jack in the Box and I just got two burgers and I just take the bread off it yeah you have to find burgers. ways to like do. I mean like it's it's not the highest quality food, but it's not that bad. It's better than just having all that extra. Well, just simply throwing out four buns. You know what I mean? Like, Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Would you, you ever throw four, four buns Four times out? two buns. So, you know, four <laughs> pieces of bread. You're throwing out four pieces of bread. You, you know? said buns, and I thought of ass immediately. Buns? Really? It makes me a guy. You, you like a, buns? Buns. I don't know. I just pictured buns. It makes you buns. an old guy. <laughs> <laughs> buns of steel is what I pictured. <laughs> buns. Look at the buns on that girl. You jack tripper. <laughs> just thought of like <laughs> i just i saw pamela anderson from baywatch that was what popped in my head her buns, her buns popped oh, in man, i love pamela anderson on baywatch who's like your celebrity crush i loved her before that my celebrity crush it's funny everyone busts my balls she's she's underage <laughs> and for the record we had an argument on legion of skanks about this she's not my celebrity crush i said once they keep saying it's my celebrity crush i said once that chloe grace moretz is going to be a gorgeous chick oh yeah she, just in, it's in the mouth i have a 12 year old i'm not hitting on her she's no she's 18 you know what it was? now. You know what it was? Lewis said, I don't even know if she is or not, but, but Lewis said. Even if she uh, Lewis, is. Now, uh, Lewis said he, yeah, I bet he wants to fuck Ariana Grande. 
I go. Well, I, she I, looks younger. I go. Maybe because I have a twelve-year-old, dude, but she looks like a child. She does. Me. I'm not saying she's not a cute chick or anything, but it looks like a kid star. Yeah, she. She's she like, doesn't. She's, she's not so a hot. grown woman. But, she, it's, but it's funny, and he, and he asks me, he goes, he goes, dude, you said a, a Chloe Grace Moretz chick, like you fucking have a crush. I go, no, no, I just have a crush. I said she's beautiful. Yeah, she's you said you girl. said she's gonna be a beautiful woman, and Lewis is like, I'm gonna bang, I'm gonna bang Ariana Grande from the from behind. And I'm, you know, I'm classless, and I've done horrible, filthy ridiculous things in my life no stop I'm just saying like I'm not hitting on a fucking child <laughs> like, did you bang on the road a lot yeah road pigs is what you guys call them right I mean I, I, that's I, what I, I comics guess a, a say a lot is relative but the, like 90% of my sexual life experience was on yeah like fucking around the road you think it co- like when you're a funny dude just chicks throw themselves at you no some, I mean you guys sometimes I mean like you know not with any kind of booming regular but uh, yeah, if you're a good looking guy you, can't, you don't you know think I mean? like because you're funny that girls gravitate towards you more no, absolutely right it's, it's I, I almost say it's solely because of that <laughs> but i'm saying like uh, i think it's that's the only reason no but, but they um yeah i think it's much easier there's probably guys who go on the road and you know just fuck i just feel like male comics just get tail all the time on the road yeah man what's that, the grossest we know, we thing know guy, we know both we both know a guy who's like a good looking dude i mean when he's single oh god i mean <laughs> holy shit yeah man. I mean, he fucks like one type of chick, but that type of chick is like a tan ten. <laughs> a and tan he, and he's a ten. Guy, but I, I, he's a good-looking guy. I mean, really good-looking guy, but like, I, I really like don't. Uh, it's so weird, man. The, 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 some of the guys that get chicks like thrown at them, I am blown away by. Yeah, you like, you you're, you're like, just like you really. But, but you know what it is that 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 really is means there's that X factor. Like whatever it is is like they're. I mean, I never say these guys are un, like unattractive dudes. You know what I mean? Like, all right, looking dudes, but I'm, I'm always blown away when chicks are like, go hardcore. Oh, I think that, that has more to do with the chicks than it do, does with the guy, I think. Because the guy is is the the constant factor in the situation. So girls are going towards a certain type of dude. All types of women are. So it says more about women than it does about him. Yeah, no, I guess you're, you know what? It must be true. I watched this documentary <laughs> here the other day, just on Netflix. It was called Tricked. Did you see that? Ah, uh, someone told me about that. I haven't seen it. It's about like the sex trade, like, like it's basically yeah. how it's, it's like pimps, like right, like girls. about tri- about tricks. Yeah, and I mean, I've never like, it's the same feeling I had when I watched. Did you watch the Scientology documentary? I almost started it, but you then should, I got you, too high. You should check that out. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty interesting because uh, they have all these interviews with these people where it's like, when you see someone who's like like Tom Cruise somehow has had a brain enough to get himself to become a multi gazillionaire actor, action star, longevity in his career. Everything. Kind of, and yet someone was able to convince him that like, you know, little aliens live in your body. You yeah. gotta keep them happy or get rid of them or whatever it is, I don't remember. But like, like and he and he buys into that. Do you know what I mean? Yep. And there's people and, and, and they convince these people like to live like uh hostages almost at one point if you see this thing. And and it's and, and one of the guys is talking who's out of it now and he's like he he says, he goes, Man, I hate Part of the hating to do this interview is that, like, it sounds so stupid telling you I was a grown man, like, listening to stuff. And that trick thing had the same thing. When you hear the girls that are out of it now tell the story of how they were pulled in, and you're just like, what? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's such and, ridiculous and, but, but, but it's, but it's the same thing we're talking about where it's, like, it's that same characteristic that can, like, get a girl to, like, fuck for you. Yes. The night you meet her. Like, the girl's story was something along the lines of, like, this guy invited her over for a party. She said, cool. She got to the party. It was just them two there. And he goes, let's go out. He goes, you want to just go out together? And she was like, okay. So she, you know, got in his car and whatever it was. You know what I mean? And like, 
There's not a lot. There's just but they, but every girl has it. But they get the car, but they say it's like, and she's never like fucked for money in her life. And it's like two hours after they were hanging out, he was like, "If you want to make me happy, like suck this guy's dick and go get my fifty bucks." You know it's what I mean? A, it's a power persuasion. Like, so I did it, and you're like, "What?" And you're like, like, "Why?" Like it's just so, it's insane. But it's a, it's a certain type of brain, and it like if you think about. But I think good-looking guys who have uh, decent-looking guys who have that quality probably do better than just great looking guys who are blocked oh a hundred percent a hundred percent because you're then you're being stimulated on two different planes yeah. mentally and physically but i think like just the ability of these dudes and i'm just saying dudes because for argument's sake like the power of persuasion and what you choose to do with it it's like imagine if these dudes were in office what they could accomplish yeah yeah, yeah. you know no absolutely it, really if you just you use the same use the same principles that you do on how you persuade somebody to suck a dick you could use to veto a bill. <laughs> I mean, write a fucking book. Write like, a book? Like, for salespeople. Yeah, I totally. Mean, like, it's just... Like, Think about, like, evangelical priests, like like Joel Osteen, yeah. for instance. I'm, I am... You know him? Uh-huh. I am totally... I, I like baffled by him and people who are more so by the people who have given him the career that has allotted him a lifestyle to live in a 13,000 square foot, $10 million mansion in Houston, Texas. He made 50 million, I think $14 million last year. He, he he's a plagiarist. All he does is read from a Bible <laughs> and, and people are like, yeah, this guy's a fucking rock star. <laughs> They're just throwing their money at this dude. And to me, it's like, Who's the bigger asshole? There was that one guy. Who was the guy? Was that Peter Popoff that sold the magic water? Yes. <laughs> but it's like, and can you blame him? Um, can you blame him for, for finding people per, who are willing? No, I guess not. But, but I, I personally feel like I can blame them because, oh, I don't, yeah. because I don't even like to. Some of the people ask me, they're like, you know, why don't you like sell merch and stuff after the show? And by the way, I love T-shirts and stuff like that myself. You know what I mean? I like all that kind of stuff. But like. Why I don't bring it on the road with me? I mean, I've tried a couple of times, and I don't, I don't do well, so it's a waste of time. Albums or any of that yeah. shit is because my feeling on that is, you've already paid money to see me, man. I feel like I'm just like, <laughs> it's like I'm ripping <laughs> financially you off, raping well, you. It's like a thing where it's like, hey, man, this seven dollar T-shirt that I'm selling you. For <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, man. Just get out of here. Get here, take it. Take the T-shirt. Yeah, I end up giving everything you away. You end up giving your merch away. Oh, I give it to the staff. I mean, yeah. <laughs> This is so bad. I'm so bad at it. I feel like I'm hosing people. Yeah, I, I kind of feel the same way. Like, because you know what it is? It's too much taking it in my own hand. It's like I don't want to see that transaction. Like, buy my album the way I hoped you would. Where like, you go, look, you go I search my, it out. I get my money through like ticket sales. You know yep. what I mean? Or not ticket sales, but I get my money through a, uh, you know, unit sale. Yes. Which doesn't that rarely even happens anymore. Though everyone can steal it, but I'd rather just find out people are finding it themselves. It. I like the fact that people tell me they have it on the road and they didn't buy it from me. Yep. You know what I mean? Like No, there's something there's definitely something to that for sure. I mean like it, I, I remember thinking how gross I was when I was younger and like my grandparents took me to like a dinner theater or something <laughs> kind of thing. And then we have like, you know, the girl just some, you know, lounge singer chicks. We we now we have now we own her tape of like her singing <laughs> Barbra Streisand songs. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I got roped in the merch one time. We, uh, in, in, what did you sell? No, 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 no. Oh, I sold. Or a you t-shirt bought once. something? Yeah, no, I bought shit. This is a great story. I was in Alaska. Were you doing stand up? Yeah. In Alaska? <laughs> yeah. Where? A place, a place called Chilkoot Charlie's. It's the best. I it love is the a, name. It's a great place. It's 
it's like the movie Roadhouse, man. Like everything <laughs> is in this one. Bu- it looks it looks like a small log cabin from the outside. That sounds beautiful. It looks small. That looks beautiful. But when you go inside, if you go right away to the right, there's a fucking place where I've seen like B level bands play before. Like a showroom. A show, like a stage, like a rock stage. Wow. Then with like a bit, pretty big size room. I've done was comedy. Like a, that was room it like before. a door in the hall, hall in, in the field of a hobbit like yeah, it yes, opens yeah, exactly. up into yeah, the it's <laughs> narnia um it's like uh yeah and, and then, then we're and then there's like a there's like a there's like a bar with like pool tables and then there's like a little bar where like all girls who like put their panties or bras up on the wall it's called the birdhouse <laughs> and then there's like the room where they do comedy then there's a swing bar where they play like kind of like you know like swing dance music Jesus. there's a karaoke it, room there's a big is outside pet, and upstairs is a fucking like you know like top 40 dance club it's insane. It's everything. You, why would you ever leave? It, Cuckoo, Cuckoo Charlie's. And there's what also is it and there's also like a Chilcoo Charlie's. And there's also like the ratio of women to men out there is like it's like there's a lot of guys in Alaska. Yeah, there's not a lot of women. There's definitely not a lot of uh, hot chicks. So the hot chicks have already fucked everyone in town. Yeah, they oh, they're just fuck, torn through. And they're just so they can't wait for like entertainment to come. Yeah, through. I'm sure they're just sucking dicks left and right. Oh yeah, they don't so, care if he's only playing finger symbols. So I. Uh, I, I got. They used to have like a condo. Ugh. That was like right upstairs. So the comedy condo. The, the, yeah. If there were ever a place for the CDC to like do ground zero testing for certain <laughs> pathogens origins, I think it would be in comedy condos. Man, I've done. I've done I hate that I've done like one or two recently. That not not like, like you know maybe a year or two ago, like condo gigs. Where I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> You know what I mean? Just yeah. Hotel. I went into one once. I think it's different for girls. I went into one once, and I, I called Justin, and I was like, I can't. Yeah. I can't I, stay here. I There's one, no way. I did one in Kentucky, where it was like, there was no like sheet on the mat. It was so. Oh. It, was, it was like a fly. Yeah. It was so gross. Wait. So go back to Cuckoo Cucharlies. Yeah. So. Cuckoo Cucharlie. And the, the, they go. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm a fan of Iron Maiden, the band. And they go, uh, they have a, co- a cover groups coming in called the Iron Maidens. It's an all-girl oh, Iron Maiden cover band. They're from L.A. Um, I go, oh, I'm going to go wa- I'm gonna go smoke a bunch of weed. And I'm going to go watch that. <laughs> and then I went and watched it, uh, them play. And it was awesome because <laughs> Iron Maiden music, I'm not sure if you're familiar with any of it at I all, am. I am a little. But it's very, like, th- instrumentally, it just is hard. I mean, there's a lot of guitar. Yeah, like, intricate guitar it's a little riffing, solos. right? It's, Is it like just a, it's just very like, it just sounds hard. When you hear yeah. a guitar player playing, you're like, man, he's playing so fast. And right. It's like really like It's a, technical. Yeah, not grinding fast either. It's like, you know, like. Yeah, they're doing like technical shit. And the drummer's pretty amazing and, and the lead singer's great. And they are nailing it. <laughs> they're killing it. And I just. <laughs> the want, girls are? They're killing it. They're doing so good. And I want to go tell them that, like, performer to performer. I'm also working here. And as I'm talking, <laughs> she's going, I go, man, you guys are so, uh, that was so great, man. She's like, oh, thank you so much. So I'm, I'm now, but I, the, the, the tables have turned. The tables have turned. Yeah, I go, I go, I, um, I go you guys were great, but it's such hard music to play. And she's, like, trying to sell stuff. And she goes, thank you so much. I go, cool. I go, and then I'm like, oh, I better let her know, like, I'm, I'm over I'm, here to suck I'm, dick. I'm, like, I'm here to... <laughs> <laughs> I go, uh, so I lean him on the ba- on the banister thing. She's like above it. I go, I go. So uh, I go, performer, performer, man. You guys nailed. It. I go, I'm here all week too, performer. She goes, that's cool, that's cool. She goes, do you want to? Uh, she goes, do you want one of our CDs? And I was like, I was like, sure. And she gave it to me. Oh no. And I go, I mean, I'll take both. I thought she's giving them to me. Yeah. 
And then she goes, uh, she goes, uh, she goes, you have a girlfriend and you want to bring her home some panties? I go, throw it in, man, whatever. <laughs> and then she goes, uh, she goes, okay. She goes, and then the guy goes, so, um, you know, whatever, like 30 bucks or something like that. And I was like, huh. I was Did like, you pay? And then I was like, well, I, I've already made this thing. Like, oh, yeah, I'll support the uh-huh. <laughs> for, for cover songs of Iron Maiden. <laughs> Yo, she took you for the whole loop. What is the fucking point of that? <laughs> Why would you, I have Iron Maiden right on my iPod? <laughs> it's a click away from any human being in the world. Why would I buy an <gasps> album of of not Iron Maiden doing it? <laughs> Tell me you still have it. <sighs> no, I, I bet that's one of the things. I bet Hurricane Sandy took that, but that was. Oh, I bet that was. I great. would. I would love to have a party and just play that on loop. <laughs> You can find it. I'm certain of it. You can probably find it on YouTube. No, but I want your copy. I want because I want to imagine you accepting it and feeling like, Ooh. oh, okay, she's not gonna suck my dick. I just sucked hers. <laughs> Do you have any dogs? No. I'm, I'm not an, a good pet person. You're not a good pet person. You have a kid though. Well, maybe I'll sit here. Yeah, snuggle up. Snuggle, snuggle near the the lion. How old is your daughter? Twelve. And how long have you had her? <laughs> <laughs> how long have you had her for? Three years. And how long... It, it, were you doing comedy when you had her? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I met my, uh, my ex doing, uh, doing comedy. She was a waitress at the comic strip. Oh, is, that's such a common story. Yeah. For comics to date the comedy club waitresses. Yeah. It's just, it's just, you know, it's just like dating your co-worker. I mean, technically, like Christine, like... Yeah. Out of the comedy club scene, too. Yeah. Really? I mean, that's how we met. Wow. And so... How did your how did you just start a comedy when you had your girl? Um, I was a couple years in. Well, that must have changed. Like, I, was like three, I was like three years in, four years in. Wow, I can't imagine like in, four, in your beginning of your career having a daughter. Oh yeah, it was bonkers. Yeah, I mean it's probably what slowed down a lot of stuff for me. To yeah, but it degree. also probably put your shit into real perspective. Well, put it into perspective, and it made me know it was responsibility-wise, like, well, I gotta make like kind of immediate money. Yeah. And making immediate money is sometimes the sacrifice of, like, coming to L.A. a bunch and stuff like that. And it wasn't just that. Also, I was, like, a little, like, I'm just sort of lazy, too. You know what I mean? Like, I I did comedy for such pure reasons of just doing comedy. <laughs> and not and doing a job, And I get to a job, point right? where I'm like, well, I'm, I can do comedy seven days a week now. You know, I'm at a point where I can do comedy as much as I want. Always. How long have you been doing it full time? Since, like, the beginning. <laughs> I mean, I've got, so I got, like, crazy. day jobs and shit a couple times. But yeah. Like, very rarely. That's wild. Well, you know, when I started off in that black circuit, man, you can make a little bit of money right away. You can, and good money. For, good for, for that, me. for that, yeah, like sure. at that level. Like they I mean, there were shows I could do where I'd get 300 bucks for the show. And that, yeah. that was like absurd to me, getting $300 yeah. for the show. Usually it was like, you know, 20 bucks maybe or something. <laughs> at 300 I mean? and for like a regular set. But mostly it was like, you know, they call it in this black circuit the New Jack spot. Yes, the New Jack spot. Oh, God. New Jack. <laughs> And it was in the middle of eight other comics oh, yeah. who went 45 minutes. And then the host doing a nice 25 in between. And there's a musical break. There's always some music that was added in. That's right. It was always, I did a few in Pennsylvania at the Mason, um, the old masonry. I forget if it's Allentown maybe. Maybe. And it was just like this, it felt like a church, but I did one where it was like, 500 people in the audience and I was the, I was in the New Jack spot and I was the only white person on the show and it just was like I was so nervous that like I just I, I totally just ate a dick up there man ate a really? dick yeah and e- eating a dick in that audience is like oh. it's brutal it's it's almost more brutal than 
any other audience I've ever experienced. Dude, watching Kurt come up through that scene was so great. Like me and Metzger. Uh, Metzger did that? Did that? Oh, yeah. Me, him, and Kevin Hart started wow. the three of us. And I mean, <laughs> Metzger's his jokes were so good. They just, <laughs> they would just boo. They would boo I mean, him? He didn't always do bad. I mean, Kurt did well a lot. But like, you know, sometimes they just didn't. You know, they just fucking hated his fucking white face <laughs> immediately. He, he's like a real white guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah. feel like you would fly more because you you got like your tattoos and you got yeah, your thing. Yeah, I, I dressed the and, I, and I, at the time I you dressed, dressed the, the part very much. <laughs> you had your fubu. I was, yeah, I was I had a big silver chain with a cross, and I'm Jewish. Um, <laughs> if I just like, knew the black people would like that so much more, that cross. Never start going bad, but like, come on, guys. <laughs> Jesus watching all of us right now. Lord you, is good all the time. Lo- all the Lord, time and it's always good. God bless at the end, right? God bless. <laughs> Thank you, God bless. Oh, man. At the end of the set. Oh, that's one of my favorite. I was laughing about that a couple weeks ago. The, the, the black comedy scene. The guy asked you if you're, you're going to go bless the mic tonight. You going to bless the mic tonight? You can go up there and bless the mic? <laughs> I don't think that's what... I don't think that's I don't what think that. we can call what I'm going to do up there no. blessing the mic. Yours mark. is like the antithesis of blessing. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to go corrupt the mic? <laughs> Are you going to go corrupt the world through the mic? You're just going to make the mic melt because of... Uh, oh, you're going to bless the mic? <laughs> do, you, uh, do you have any negative associations with being considered a vulgar comic? The word v- vulgar being in a sentence, as same sentence as your name? Nope. You don't care about any of that? That doesn't bother me at all. It's what I, I say on stage... Whatever makes me laugh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I love that. And I love every kind of comedy. But Nate Bargatze is a fucking brilliant comic. One, one of the smartest writers I've ever seen. She's great. Seen. Yeah. C- concise. I, he should never do what I do. <laughs> right, exactly. Do you know what I'm saying? But yeah. it's like, I don't feel like I should take a negative connotation because like I'll never do what Nate does. Right. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's that's just the like beauty a, of it. It's just that's not how my mind works. But me and Nate are also really good friends. So he doesn't sh- like he likes what I do a yeah. lot. You know what I mean? And I like I love what he does. So it's like there's not why shouldn't it have I have you know what I mean? I loved all comedy growing up. Who were your favorites? But fucking like when I saw like Dice Clay yeah. and that style of comedy started to come back. Like, honestly, I like my loves of comedy probably went like weirdly enough like Dice Clay and then. You know, even though I laugh and make so much fun of black comedy, like Def Jam. Yeah, I love because that Def was Jam. the next thing that came in where it was like people. I just I, I was excited to hear a joke about like, Yo, you know, what are you looking at, pussy? You got to get all up in that pussy. <laughs> I'm like, these guys are saying this is great. Oh, sometimes a pussy be stank. And I just like ah, oh, like slapping my bed. Just like, it was the greatest thing ever. So, did you love Richard Pryor Ma- Ma- then? Um, no, no, not particularly. Not Martin Lawrence. Um, I love. I thought I thought Martin Lawrence. I, I made Christine watch. Martin Lawrence, you so crazy recently, and she was laughing. It's funny. It's 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 a, one of the best. But it's like you're laughing a little at it, because it's so just like what's become like trite black <laughs> bullshit comedy. Right. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And by the way, that said, like, I think there's genius, brilliant comedy in the in the black scene. Oh yeah, totally. Happening. I mean, I think Mike Epps is fucking really hilarious. Yep. Uh, Tony Roberts is one of my favorite in the world. Yeah. I think he's great. So, but I'm saying just. Just like there's ho hum, bullshit alt comedy and ho hum bullshit and mainstream every, like you know hack. Yes. Like the black hack has kind of become what Martin did. You know what I mean? But it was like the best at it. He was the best at but, it. Uh, you know, but I mean, I loved Bill Cosby himself. I liked anything that was on stand up comedy. I watched and just absolutely loved. 
But uh, Dice Clay <laughs> was just like, you know, I went and bought the tapes, like the cassette tapes. Yep. And like, you know, I'd fucking like, instead of taking a shower, I'd take a bath at night. I mean, I was a kid. You know, <laughs> you I mean, took I like, a bath and listened to the tapes? I was like 12. And I'd sit in the bathroom and listen to these fucking tapes because I can like had an excuse to get away from everyone. Because my mom would be furious if I was listening to that. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Were you raised, was your mom like Christian or nope. Catholic or? No, she's Religious? Jewish technically. Oh, she's but, Jewish? Like, but, but my stepfather is practicing Catholic I mean. and none of them practice anything. They do all the Christmas and Easter stuff. Like yeah. That. And they don't even, my family's not really a uh, very loving family, but they're not a, we all sit down for dinner every night. It was, that was how it worked. Yeah. And they worked a ton and I was like in-house babysitter. So it was like. How many siblings you do you know, have? One person eats frozen Stouffer's macaroni and cheese. Somebody else eats French bread pizza. Maybe someone else, you know. That sounds delicious. My father brings home cheesesteaks. And we, I was saying, yeah, it was never like good eating. Or, you know, just make spaghetti or whatever. Just like it was very basic white trash eating. But we were, you know, they were like, they got their shit together good. My mom and step-pop, and they went to like, both went to school. Like, my mom went at like 30 back to school. College? Like, wow. Yeah, or 29. What, and, my, and my stepfather went at like, 27 or 28 he was, where's he's like your dad a year, he's a couple years younger than my mom my dad's in ohio and, and do you have a relationship school. with him <laughs> um when did they yeah, break up yeah. like well, i was like three. Oh, okay so you were real young yeah you don't yeah. really remember it i remember i remember he left but like yeah, i don't know it was a kind of a blur and then he, i had a stepmother with a couple kids for a while was your stepdad a good dude yeah he still is yeah, yeah. you're lucky Great that's dude. awesome yeah no it was i mean we had like rocky patches obviously but i mean like overall you know he was <laughs> I, Getting older yourself puts such perspective on shit, man. Especially your dad as well. Well, that's that's been a, a lot of perspective, absolutely. But just perspective in like, I think of what I did at 29. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or what I did at like 27. I, I, re- I remember my mom being like 26. You know and then, I mean? and then you're like, oh and then shit! I see, I see 26 now, and 26 can still be like, we go out to the bar. We go and I got like, what? Are we, I'm so I can't like yeah. whatever. It's just like I mean, that's 26. It, now. Totally. And I remember my mom like, oh, she was that at 20. You know, she was like, my mom was like, she, you know, she unbuttoned her size zero jeans and let her, you know, I guess one body breathe. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the fuck she was, but, uh, and she would lay there. On the fucking couch and watch, oh. like, you know, our nighttime shows. And she had the phone cord stretched from the kitchen. And she would just sit and talk to her friends oh on the phone my or girlfriends God. and, like, gab about whatever. And it was, like, so bizarre. It is so, weird so getting older and thinking about that. was thrown into a world where it was, like, he likes this chick. I think it's a good situation for him. I, he, he lived with his mom. <laughs> he was, like, kind of fresh out of the military where I think he like, something happened where he, he had to leave because of an injury or something. or But he went there to get off coke. He went, Holy the, he went shit. to those things to get off coke, and he was a gym rat. He was like a power lifter, like a like a not, 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 a, a, not a big guy, not a big guy or or a fat guy at all, like like muscly and like cut pretty cut. Is he svelte? Like, um, like yeah, fit? yeah he was, he's not a huge guy at all, but he was he was very very strong. Never raised a hand to you. No, <laughs> he did crack me in the head one time, and it's just like the most unluckiest of things. This is one of Kevin Hart's favorite stories <laughs> I've ever told. We, uh, <laughs> I did something with my brother. You know, he has three kids with my mom. My two sisters and a brother. And my brother was little, and whatever happened, I don't know. Like, I, I'm sure, you know, and I know Joe's my stepfather, and, like, Joe's a good dude. Uh, but <laughs> I, I don't know if I pushed my little brother or something. And I'm, like, you know, way bigger than him to this day. He's tiny, my little brother. And uh, I mean, he's, like, 5'4". 
my little brother, he's a tiny little guy. He he's was, like, a little, little thing, yeah, yeah. And I like shoved him or something, you know, something a little bullyish to him, I guess, whatever. And my stepfather came over and he just remember like kind of like, like, bitching me out about it. And he just kind of gave me like a, like, a, like, a, like a soft sort of crack to the head. You know what I mean? Nothing that like didn't spin me around or right, whatever. Just but whatever it was is that thing, that rare thing. It happened to Metzger in a fight he got into with the comedy seller. He just caught, boxes your ear. And perforate your eardrums. What happens? And it just kind of like your hearing's just like wah, 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 for a couple yeah. days. He didn't mean to do it, but the funny of that is, I just go. <laughs> oh, shit. He, he kind of cracked me, and like this, it would surprise him too, because I said it wasn't a super hard thing. And I was like, I was like, I can't hear you, son of a bitch. <laughs> and my stepfather goes, "What?" And I go, <laughs> "I can't fucking hear you, son of a bitch!" <laughs> Screaming up my just a little fat kid, stomping <laughs> on the ground and putting my arms like. <laughs> So Did he feel bad? Oh, terrible. Oh, that's so yeah, funny. Of course. You got you got a lucky deal. Stepfather who doesn't like to hit the kids and was present. Yeah, it wasn't a drink or anything like that. Wow. He smoked cigarettes, but like still does, I guess. But he's a, uh, yeah. Why do you think he became a comedian? Me? Is there like that pivotal moment where you're like, oh, you look back, especially like you say being Yeah, older. no, it's definitely a pivotal moment. I, I, I tell it a lot. I'll try to give it a surmised version because... Uh, it's is it involved like things. anal touching? Is no, there butt- no, 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 fingers no, no. I and buttholes? I, 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 was just, I was a crazy fan of comedy my whole life, and I met up with a girl who I I went to school with in Philly. I moved to South Jersey my senior year. Mm-hmm. And Safe I, place. We met up for yeah, we met up for <laughs> dinner or something one night, and we were talking about what we were doing. I was going to community college for like a month. And <laughs> she, yeah, and she was like, uh, I did too. And she was like, you, uh, she goes, oh, you, you try comedy, really, for my friend Jamie. And she was like, yeah, I think you should always try comedy. You're always so funny. But I was sort of funny. I mean, I had my own sense of humor, I, I suppose. But, like, I was like, I just went regurged stand-up. To right. No one else, no kids really watched stand-up. That was very, I mean, not that, not that none did, but that was very much my thing. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like today with, like, you know, internet where you just get, there's so much content available. Like, I didn't have cable until I was, like, 16. So I didn't even see Caroline's Comedy Hour and Evening at the Improv, all those shows. Yeah. Until I, to, I had to rent videos. Blockbuster? I didn't, I didn't even see, yeah, or West Coast Video is called, <laughs> in Philly. Um, but it was, uh, I'd rent all the specials, but I never saw the level of comedy of, like, that showcase premium blend type right. thing until, like, a little later. And so I didn't know there was, like, lower levels of comedy. You know what I mean? And I was like, how do you, what? Like, I thought I'd become a comedian. Like, wh- where do you do that? Yeah, how do you, that's so funny. Like, how I do you get into I've never been to a comedy club or nothing like that ever. I was, like, pretty, I was 19. And I guess I could have went to some, but I'd never even thought of it. Right. I just watched comedy on TV. And um, and the next day, my buddy was like, let's go. I'm going to go to like Foot Locker or something over on South Street in Philly, which is like a shopping kind of thoroughfare. And we parked and we got out of the car. I never knew there was a fucking comedy club there, the Laugh House, Black Comedy Club. And I was like, that's weird that I would see that yeah. the next day. I was like, all right, well, let me. And I, I walked inside. I walked inside with him. I remember this lady. She I ended up knowing this girl because, like, you know, I decided to go there so much. But she was just like the ticket taker, sort of. Answered the phones during the day, and I was like, "Hey, was there like a amateur night, something here, something like that?" She says, "We have open mic on Thursdays. You come, you sign up, and you got." I'm like, <laughs> "Okay, that's cool. Thank you. It was free for the comics because it was packed. It was packed. One thing An me, open mic. One thing me, Kevin, Kurt, wow, uh, had the luxury of and doing that black circuit really was a." Uh, it was fucking. It was promoted by like the hip hop station in town. Yeah. Because one of the owners was a DJ there, like one of the owners of the club or mm-hmm. one of the man, whatever it was. You know, he he was like a DJ. He's actually a guy who fucked me over my career. He uh, did years ago. Yeah, he stiffed me on money, like 
He opened another club in St. Louis, and he fucked me over pretty hard. Oh. His name is D. Lee. Feel free to look him up. D. Lee. The, the D. Lee Show. I have fans Lee, that every day. D. Lee, son of a bitch. I have fa- he's a, now he, he's come back because he's fucked a lot of people over. He's come back now and says, Christian comedian D. Lee. That's his full time. Is that his retribution? Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's like, I, 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 you know, I changed my life. I turned it all around. And I was like, did you really? And then my fans every day just go on his religious Twitter thing and just <laughs> talk about, you know, call him in a faggot and all kinds of horrible shit. It's great. Those are loyal fans. I love it. I love it. They do D. all Lee. the dirty work. Yeah. Um, yeah, D. Lee. Everyone D-E-L-E-D. go find D. Lee. Christian comedian D. Lee. <laughs> but, um, so it was 270 people. That's insane because normal open mics are like eight people in their comics. Eight and, and like two, six two Italians yeah. who don't speak English. Yeah. That's not Pat, a comedy. I mean, a DJ was there to bring you on stage every time. And, and, you know, the host would kill. And, and, and it was just like, the, but it was just the usual suspects. It was like every Thursday. It was not really new people. It was right. just like these core guys. And they were, so many of them were like at that season point at least of like, look, you look back at so much of it's bullshit, but they knew how to fucking just murder. They, they, knew, how, they knew how to do what they needed to do. In that scenario. In that specific scenario, they learned their tricks. They destroy. So, first time I went there, I was like, <laughs> Nope. Do you remember your fr- your first time? Do you remember your first set? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did great. Uh, with like you know horrible jokes. Yeah, I, I but still, about, like you know Jerry Springer show or whatever things that have been done a thousand times. I'm sure, but it killed. Yeah, you could have done horrible, horrible stuff, but you did great with horrible stuff. Yes. So that's a difference. That's yeah, when you get hooked. Yes, and that's exactly what happened. Like I, the next day, I, I dropped out of college. Fuck. But it was just withdrawing from clubs. There a month, you know what I mean. I just withdrew. Yeah, I mean, but I still, you just money. needed that thing. I was like, yeah, and then I, and then my mom lost her shit. Did you, did you say, shit. mom, I'm gonna do stand up comedy? Yep. Like, what? This is what you said to uh, her. She kicked me out <laughs> at one point. Did your stepfather hit your other ear? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. They were just kind of like bummed that I was just like, like you could do both. But so funny when I, when I told Bert Kreischer this story on his podcast, <laughs> you know Bert, right? Yeah, yeah. He's got that great laugh. <laughs> You know, I'm saying the story now at 37 years old, and I go, and I, I said, I had to have a conversation with my parents where I was like, look, you know, I know myself. Like, I'm a quitter. Like, if I, I need to immerse myself in something to force myself to do it. So I go, I got to put all my eggs in this one basket. And Bert started laughing. He goes, you could have done both. You could have done comedy and went to college. And at 37, I, I just, I always just tell that story so organically. You know, not organically, but like, you know, like, I just know that story so well that. At 37, I, look, I go, absolutely. I you could have done both. My daughter said, I'm giving it all to become an actress. I go, go, go to take acting lessons in school. But you're staying in school, you idiot. You know what I mean? Like, I would not even. Yeah, but maybe if you had you done that that way, then maybe it wouldn't have worked out. Maybe not. Maybe no, maybe you needed to be completely I mean, I always say there's it. one show. I took a show in a gig in Minneapolis. My first time ever flying doing comedy. And it's, I was going to not do it. I was going to stop doing comedy, actually. Why? I just saw the ceiling in that black circuit. Yeah, and what? Yeah, so what I, changed? I, I I took this gig, just like the oh. Minneapolis gig. Yeah, I was like, I did. I thought he asked me if I would do a gig that night, and I said yeah. And it was this uh, Michael Blackson, the African King of Comedy. Have you ever heard of him? <laughs> yeah, Michael Blackson. Uh, <laughs> that's no shit. He was in a Friday next Friday. <laughs> But he goes, you want to do this gig? And I was like, yeah, I do. And then he goes, go to the airport. There's a ticket waiting for you. It's many. I was like, holy shit. So I did it. And the other co- comic that he talked into doing it on that trip was Keith Robinson. Wow. And that was it. And Keith started talking to me. And he was like, I'll take you take to you. New York. And he, took me, and he already spoke to Kev, I guess, at that point. I didn't know that. And then I brought Metzger along. And like, yeah, it was fucking, that's it. So it's like, 
I literally like that's insane. in my mind when he called me to do that gig. I promise you, I was like in my mind, I was like, I, I've done my last show. Like I'm just gonna. I was on day two of training for to sell Cutco knives door to door. Is that it? You we could have the world could have not had Big J Okerson. I hope that's true. Yeah, but I said whatever happened, it did happen all very. It's like, those little. It's I believe in those little moments. It's those little moments, just like that chick telling you you're funny. She put the egg, you know, the the thought in your head, and you went, yeah, and yeah. you see the sign. It's almost like you need a little thing for you to see the signs. I'll tell you what, and I guess like the answer is, if you never see the other side of it, is is how you're able to do it. Because now, like, it makes me feel shitty to wrap my brain around. I'm like, holy fuck, man. What if your career is you're like you've become the manager of like a fucking you know Macy's in the mall and like you're making good money but it's just this you know what I mean you put on your shirt and tie every day and go That's it. walk around with keys and you got to make sure people and by the way all those people are so needed in the world and it makes me feel like a cunt that I'm like I think if 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 the bottom just fell out on me in comedy I go I guess murder myself like what's the like what's your answer because I think I'm the next thing I can do is like pump gas because that's what the what job would I apply for I go can I can I get a job pumping gas overnight so I don't have to do it that often I don't know I've had this conversation with other comedians where it's like what else would you do and it gives me anxiety I don't know how to wrap my brain around it what else I would do I mean here's the thing I think I've hit a point now. Where I, like, I don't think I have to do anything else ultimately. No, I think I'll be no, able to. No. I think if if bottom falling out now would be like you know, you always have a thing where it's like, oh, I guess better you know go right a clean hour and go hit the cruise ships. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Be, like I guess or it's you know, gonna be career wise. It's gonna be like oh this didn't but go. Say, oh, this but the thing would be nice. It'd be like it's more like you hope to think like yeah. But I said when the worst case scenario is like well. It's always cruise ships. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> it's not the, it's like the best worst case scenario ever. Yeah, you're like, I'll make a lot of money, but it's just a stupid <laughs> life. And, you know, and hopefully I'll be able to retire one day. But like, you know, but you really hope that, you know, you get that one or two things that just like shoot you up to like your money makes money for you and you're good the rest of your life. But man, it's, it, that, the, it's crawl, the, the crawl to get to that sucks balls. But people man. don't, see, that's the thing with comedy. People don't see that crawl. They don't, they don't know. The crawl's different now too, man. And I'm not, every generation scapegoats the last one for saying like they had it so much easier than us because like you know a Lewis J. Gomez and Dave Smith would think that I had it easier than they you oh know, yeah so of course because yeah. there's so many more comics now and, they, and there's always valid reasons for all those things yeah but it's I think but it's my thing with like it's not necessarily a generation before me probably a couple before me but I, I use as the example so much when they go uh, Louis C.K. man on that crazy fucking that long ride that long tough journey to get to where you go I go I mean, the guy was. I don't. I don't. I can't quote on his money, but his, his, his worst days were probably as good as I'm doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, honestly. Because, just because, like, the road was a different place. You can go on the road. Yep. Like, but David Tellman could not understand for the life of him why I'd still be like available. If he's like, "You want to go on the road with me?" I'd be like, "Uh huh." Absolutely. And he, he couldn't get it. And he's like, "Dude, he goes, you got to come back to our headlining place yourself." I go, "Dave, I, I'm." The, the the manager's gonna be uncomfortable to see me because how many times I've tried to get back to this club. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like they're gonna be like, "Oh, your phone calls I've avoided." Do you know what I mean? Like, and I'm gonna see him again with Dave. Like, yeah, well, oh, that's not, I'm coming. You know what I mean? Like that kind of shit. Does it feel weird? He's like, he's like, Jay, but you're killing. I go, they don't care. That's not what it's about anymore. It's not about that. Here, I, you're right. I, I will kill, and maybe on Friday I'm gonna kill for sixty people. Do you know what I mean? It's insane to me. And and, and they're and they just don't really give a shit about that anymore. No, no, it's but it, when they, Louis they, they don't care. Sixty people, you just had like, you'd find your club, and I know it wasn't the same. I'm not trying to trivialize it, but it, it just seemed like you'd get your hour. I mean, I think I've heard him quote by saying like, you'd get your hour, 
and you'd go work your hour on the on the road. That was the shit work. That was yeah. like the it sucks. I'm gonna go make whatever you make, and I, I don't know what the money was, but I'm sure it's the equivalent of what the shit money I made at my shittiest. Yeah, you know what I mean, like on the road, like so. I don't know that, that like. That was the time that I came in. It was being a weird thing that you had to get those fucking credits. And then by the and time the those credits, credits are such bullshit. They are bullshit, but it's funny that. And then when the, I mean, you were there for that, you know, that that gold rush of the guy code, girl code thing. Yeah, that's. And uh, as much as every comic who wasn't on it hated it, every one of us at the same time, you're like, I'll take the fucking exposure, I guess. So, you know, well, what yeah, I mean? that's, that's the exposure. Be fucking it. bananas on it, and it's like, uh, but I'd aged out of doing those things. Like, you know what I mean? Like. You know what I mean? Like, they just didn't, like... Yeah, I feel like... My, my, my thing wasn't in the vein of doing that. I was never, like, envious of the fact that I was like, they should have cast me. Like, they shouldn't. You know, when I'm watching the show, I'm like, that's not... <laughs> I would have casted you. But you got to say... I'd love to have you on but, that. But the point I'm saying is more just like... Like, like Soder. Soder was such, like, a... Well, I was a curmudgeon about doing the show, and it was like, I just don't do it then, man. Yeah, you and know he, I mean? like, you know, there is that, that stigma thing, like... But I've done shows, like, talking hit stuff that I'm like... You're I not crazy. The, I love You're the like, 1880s, whatever. and it's just like. But it's just sure. the sort of thing where it's like the equivalent of taking any kind of job in any sort of career. You just you take the you take the gigs. Sometimes you got to take a job, yeah. You take the gigs because hopefully it'll lead you to something else. Yeah, and I mean, I hosted Sturgis Bike Week TV show for CMT. It was my passion <laughs> project. That was, was. I heard that was your passion project. It's yeah. not. It's a total lie. No, it was, it was, <laughs> but I mean, it, it was fun to do. I'm just saying. But exactly the point is, like, if you were like, if I give you a TV show right now, what would it be? It would have never been that. You know, yeah. let me go talk shit to people at Sturgis. I I googled uh, you before I came here because I mean I know you. I've known you for years, but I just wanted to see like what your name brought up. And one thing is it brings up is something about you crying. Oh, that was recent. What yeah. happened? Oh, I no. wanted to hug you through the computer. <laughs> you should listen to it. It's pretty funny. <laughs> I wish you'd watch is all the Legion of Skank stuff where they make fun of me for crying. It's great. I, that's what I saw the video with Joe Everyone List. Everyone sent a video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and, and Soder. Soder's that was Soder's so funny. Soder's was great. He was like, ooh, this show's got to fly, huh? <laughs> got to get this bird in the air. Looks like he's melting down. <sighs> no, the, uh, the crying happened was uh, on Brian Koppelman's podcast, The Moment. and uh, Of course, it's called The Moment. Oh, yeah, which has nothing to do about that, actually. I but know. No, you know what it was? He just called me a time where he was, because he knows that the, me and Soder have been, like, negotiating this fucking radio. Yes. Deal. So it's, been a, a, it's been a nightmare. Forever. It's been horrible. Yes. A horrible, horrible thing. But at one point in it, uh, we were told we were getting money for it for the year that was would have made my life significantly easier. Yes. And through like time of the thing being renegotiated and turn, you know, all these things going on, it's down. It, it, I mean, I mean, we're not being ripped off for the amount of work at all, but the amount of work went down with the amount of money, Ugh. like significant, like yeah. more than half. Ugh. And uh, I said, I I just got emotional because I was saying, like, you know, in this business, also, again, I remember telling my mom to stop and doing college to go here and, and her going to be like, this is insane. And she has since, by the way, been like, I mean, I have like a, a, a small fan base and a core thing. When she comes into my show, she sees people like, you know, that are J fans. screaming out my yep. name. So if I walk through and like, she love you know, she thinks that's great. So she's like, she doesn't think I'm a failure at all, but I, but she knows I'm honest with my mom about like my, my money and stuff yeah. like that. You know, she knows like how much I make and what I, and what I do and how much I'm, and where you're at. I'm working. Yeah. Yeah. She knows all that. So I, uh, I just said I was embarrassed because her and my grandma, who both had a huge part in raising me, I was like, I just told people who worry about me every year that this year you're not going to have to worry for the first uh. time. And then I had to come back and they're like going like, hey, how's it going? And you're kind of like, oh man, we're not even close to done this deal and it's already not there. And it's that, that, that tail yeah. tuck of like, 
Maybe you do have to worry this year. I don't know. <laughs> like, I mean, that would that's. And by the way, they don't. I, I, it, it, it's not. To, I don't want to sound over dramatic either. Like no, but still they haven't. They haven't had to worry about. I, mean, I haven't taken money from my mom. I think since I've lived in New York for thirteen years, I don't think I've taken money from. I don't think so. And it's like, uh, and I'm at a point now. I sustain myself. You know, I have a, a daughter who I give money for her every uh, week to her mom. You know, what I mean, I try to help them as much as possible. And I'm living in Manhattan, so I'm fine. Yeah, but it's a thing your you overhead can, grows. You can, always. you can exhale, like you. Sure. That sort of thing helps you exhale just a little bit. You know what it was? It's one of those things where it was like, holy shit, man! If this TV blows out on us, oh, I'm gonna go buy a TV tomorrow. Yeah. I, I, I would have felt like that. You know, what I mean, yep. at least like I was like, you know, just like you know what it is, just to have thousands sitting in the bank instead of like you know having to worry about sometimes like when everything's done they said like and I, I have a lot of overhead so it's it, not to make it sound like a small amount of money but when i'm done paying out this very large amount of money yeah sometimes there's like under a thousand dollars in my bank account at 37 years never thought i never thought it was gonna be that way i've in my mind i was like i'll figure i, I figured i would have quit comedy and made money some other way when i first started yeah. I'd be like, at 37 you know I'll know at a young enough age if I should stop doing this and then go back to college maybe and make some actual money. But I just never, you know, yeah, like you're that slow increase. But like <laughs> I said, it's getting a... Uh, it, the comedy is a slow... If you could describe it anyway, it's a slow increase yeah. with, with valleys that can be deep, deep, deep. But then also but from those valleys, like I said, peaks. Because that's the thing. It's like, it, it's... You know, I don't know how else to put it other than like, you know, I, I've accepted checks in the last year... For multiple thousands and a couple hundred dollars, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yep. I've gotten checks for both things, and it's like. And that's how you have to look at it. That's, yeah. You have to look at like your comedy and your life in that spectrum, where it's that's just the way it's gonna be. The radio, I'm super happy for. Just in general, we got it done though, is because it it all feeds itself. You know what I mean? So even though the money's not like mind blowing on radio, it can get to there, which I believe it will. Uh, it's def- hundred percent. And. And that also feeds like that multiple day of the week promotion for road stuff. Now you can charge more on the road. You know yep. what I mean? I just got, I said, it's, it's, I say it's embarrassing, but you know, who gives a shit? It's, it is what it is. But like, I've just got my last two road gigs, Philly and San Diego, were the first times I've ever been bonused for people oh, showing up. That's awesome. And it was just like, you're like, said, fuck yeah. Thing, I was like, fucking shit, man. That is huge. Yeah. That's great. That's, that's awesome. Amazing. So it's Congratulations. Like, That's such a good feeling. Yeah. Especially in two great markets. Yeah. Philly and, and San Diego are amazing markets. Yeah, they really are. Really great crowds. And, and I'm from the Coast. clubs are a cool dope. thing to go back there. Yeah. Yeah. Helium's a great club. Man. Helium's great, right? I used to have an American comedy company, which I thought was oh, amazing. Those are two, probably two of my favorites from the past year. Yeah. I Just mean, the way they run, the city, the people. Everyone was super cool. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, and Philly said being a hometown is always a great thing, too. How long have it been since you've been in Philly? I do it every year. Oh, yeah? Okay. I do it every year. But every year I go back, it's like a, a little, you know, that Ron and Fez show I did. Just, that, was, that was just huge for me. <laughs> yeah. I, just, I just jived well with that show, and that has been enormous, you know. I never was like an Opie and Anthony guy at all. Yeah, that's that's they a Opie and Anthony's a whole other <laughs> I like on, thing. online on that. Red, I don't go on Reddit, but Lewis always keeps me like up to date on what's <laughs> going on. It's like this whole thing between me and Norton. Because I said on a podcast, I was like, on our podcast, I was like, I don't think Norton just cares for me all that much. I just think he's never like been that friendly to me, and I've tried to have conversations. That's with him weird, but why? I, right. I don't know. From the time I met him, we were just never like our friendship didn't hit it off, and then like. Uh, 
You just didn't vibe. And, and then Norton said, like, I don't know why Jay thinks I don't like him. He goes, I, I thought like he didn't really care about me. He seemed indifferent. But it, and by the way, it's fine. <laughs> be- like two chicks. By, yeah, I know. By the way, I believe him. But what's funny is like, I just came into, like, like Norton was working when I when I came to New York. Right. And Keith brought us around. And it was like we were the guys that Keith brought around. And so, I mean, I was much more nervous to, you know, talk to him. But, you know, you take to you take. I became very organic friends with uh, Patrice. I mean, do you him, miss like, him? Oh, Every day. You somewhere. do? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Is there anything that, like, do you believe in, like, afterlife or anything like that? Any spiritual I shit? Know. I don't know. I mean, I, I can't discount it, but I mean, like. You don't experience don't that stuff no. too much. So what's, like, one of your favorite Patrice memories? Is there something you think of it when you think of it when you're alone? It makes you laugh or, it you know, it's something that is <laughs> so many, close man. to you. I bet. I bet. So many. Yeah, he's so great. I mean, he, uh, well, we used to, like. So my daughter always remembers it's like Thanksgiving at Patrice's house. I mean, we used to go for Thanksgiving and like barbecues and shit. So that must have been a blast. That. Yeah. So, you know, she remembers Patrice, which is great for me, you know. But, uh, I mean, like sweet memories. I mean, like, I remember the first time I went to Montreal, man, he pulled me aside. And he was like, uh, Patrice wasn't wealthy, especially at that point. Yeah. I mean, I'm going back a long time ago now, too. He was like, he was like, I know you're going up to Montreal. I know you're broke. He goes, here, make sure you eat. And he gave me 200 bucks. He goes, make sure you eat and, uh, wow. and go up there and try to get yourself a deal. So, I mean, yeah, like stuff like that. He was like a, a really sweet guy. But like funny That's stories. That's really sweet. But as far as like funny shit, I mean, like there's. Yeah, there's <laughs> something that you think. Either so something that, like you two experienced together that when you think about, you know, there's always those memories. When you think about, they're so visceral that you laugh. Even if you're just by yourself, you laugh. Like it, it drudges up that much emotion that you connect to it just as it being a memory. Um. Like you two hanging out on the road, or something that ha- might happen at the club, or it was always just him. Like never, like <laughs> him ever talk. The one thing that I always loved about Patrice is hearing stories about how he would meet people and what he would say to them because he didn't give a fuck. Yeah, he was just yeah mean. <laughs> he was just straight up. Mean. But it was mean. But it was mean for the. It was all intent to be funny. Yes, always, man. always unjust. Without a doubt. It was always an intention to be funny. Some girl told me when she walked into Caroline's, so upset, she met him, and he goes, who are you? And she goes, oh, I'm a comedian. And he goes, nah, I'm a comedian. You're just a bitch <laughs> trying to be funny. <laughs> I love that. I love anybody who's, like, not afraid to just kind of, like, in a, in a social setting just be Just let that. you hate him. Just let you hate him. Well, he, just, he just sat in it. <laughs> he enjoyed it. He would just laugh at it and walk away. He never, he never got wound. He was never stood up to fight. He never like it was just pure <laughs> shit talk. <laughs> was he, he like so one good. of your best friends? You guys close, close. Um, yeah, sure. I think you can fairly say he was one of my best friends without a doubt. I mean, he was like, I, I mean, like, and a mentor and a fucking like confidant. You know, what I mean, like, he really. Uh, that's what I miss about Patrice when it's like when shit's like, oh, what the fuck, dude? Like, I can call him. Nothing. He would be like, you know, he goes, no, man, you got to fight through these times. Yeah. He'd be like, yeah, it all stinks. One of my favorite things. Uh, he ever. <laughs> this is one of the best things he, I'll, I'll tell you a funny one <laughs> I was on a, him and Lisa Lambinelli always had some kind of weird I guess like rivalry I remember at the comic strip that's like, fucking funny because Lisa closed her set like she was closing out the night theater yeah I mean, you know with the, let's give it up for this person and that person who could take a dick and take a joke and yep. and you know if, uh, whatever the so fanfare she, of comedy yeah she would do all that and then Patrice would go on and, and, they, and the crowd would always not the crowd the uh, staff would always complain that Patrice would go up there and do like an hour at the end of the show <sighs> and Patrice goes he goes he, he goes to JR he was like yeah I'm telling you every week if Lisa Lampanelli he grabs a clipboard <laughs> with the list he goes if Lisa Lampanelli goes here <laughs> and Patrice O'Neill is going to do an hour and a half here <laughs> 
<laughs> and uh, so there was some thing. I heard Lisa being interviewed on Thing on Stern. She was talking about her special was coming out and that she had a deal. I guess did nothing happened with it, but she at one point had a deal, I guess, with Jim Carrey to do. So I, I bet she went through what I went through on that fucking podcast because, like, you know. So Having the tears. Because she told a story on Stern about, like, this this Jim Carrey produced show or something she was doing was going to happen on HBO. And it's already picked up. Oh, you know, she was, fuck. She was really laying it out there. You know, I'm always saying that because, like, people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? Cause it never happened, but it's important for the story. So, you know, a week later or something, I was at Stanford and Sons in Kansas City. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, and, I, and I'm outside uh, late night, and Patrice goes, uh, he calls me <laughs> on the phone. And I go, what's up, Patrice? He goes, well, he goes, I just watched Lisa Lampanelli's special on HBO, and uh, hopefully that's just it, man. Hopefully that just does her in. <laughs> that was terrible. And he goes, I go, well, Patrice, I go, Lisa's a... Uh, it's not it's not taking her down, buddy. I go, I, I didn't see it, but she has a deal with HBO. She's doing something with Jim Carrey for her own show on HBO. And he just goes, I quit. <laughs> <laughs> he hung up the phone. <laughs> and he wouldn't react. He also commit to it. He wouldn't re-answer it again. That was our whole conversation. I just told him, I just told him good news about Lee Slappinelli. And he goes, I quit. I hung up the phone. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. That is so fucking funny. I quit. Where um where are you performing next? Um, Do you know your weekends? I never on know. On the mine. road, yeah, I'm not good. Oh, yeah, I'm doing Foxwoods with uh, me and Lewis. The Legion of Skanks are gonna do Foxwoods. You can do a live podcast. Uh, we might do a live podcast, but we're doing co- comedy do shows. Yeah, we're doing a week weekend there. Uh, I think Lewis is headlining Wednesday and Sunday, and then he's gonna uh, feature for me Thursday, Friday, Saturday. What dates? The last weekend of this month of, of, of May? May, yeah. Last weekend of May. Okay, just so people know. Twenty twenty eighth is in there. I don't know if that's Saturday <laughs> or Friday. The number twenty eight exists in you that. You know weekend. what? Maybe that's even one of Lewis's headlines. Either way, come on the twenty eighth. <laughs> you never know who you're gonna get. You never know. A little potpourri of Legion of Skanks. Does your daughter come see you perform at all? No. Never. Nope. That's smart. Man, I'm not. There's no reason, but and she knows why, which I'm okay with. Yeah. I go, I'm too dirty for you. you know, I go, Isabel, when you're 16, I'm going to be the coolest dad in the world. She has no idea how cool I am. <laughs> she thinks I'm the biggest nerd. That, that's crazy. You no said that respect. to me last week. That's crazy to me. She has no interest. The, you're imp- that's impressive if your daughter thinks you're a nerd. Yeah. Well, she just lived in all that top 40 kind of bubble gummy. Yeah, but I nerd. mean, d- her, she has no idea. Her father is like. No, because she wants to go see Miranda Sings. You know what I mean? That's like <laughs> The whole thing. <laughs> oh my god, Miranda sings. What is that? It's some like novelty jokey girl singer. I thought that was thing. a fake thing. It's a real thing? She's she performs? It's, it's like real fake. She's like making fun of okay. top forty basically. Oh, okay. But she's doing top four it's it's all in comedy clubs though? Why in no, comedy? No, 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 like Westbury Music Fair. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like you know, like uh nice big clubs, you know, like like big uh big rooms. Yeah, it's so whatever. There's no rhyme or reason. There's no rhyme or reason, man. There's fucking. I, I, I went to. A, I had a meeting with a production company out here that said that they they meet with those YouTube and and Vine celebrities influencers, and they say that uh, they're fucking. They say they're the worst people in the world to deal with because they're dick swing cocky because they're making tons of money by literally going like you know I'm cooking a burger, cooking a burger, drunk. That's it. <laughs> like, and they get millions, and, and, and they're ends. making careers off of that. Real. It's it's like it's the, the highest paid internet guy is that guy making a couple million a year 
watching and commenting on people playing video games. No, 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 no. Yep. No, 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 no. I'll find his name. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> um, wait, I got to stand up. We're really high right now. So high. We How could, long have we done? We're, we're, oh, we're good. It's like a, We've been doing. It's been an hour. We're crushing it. We're crushing it. I gotta go eat. How do we? How can we end this? With a flourish. With a flourish. <laughs> <laughs> With the lift. Let's go what for the um, lift. <laughs> we can pull off the lift. What's your fuck? Um. Let me see. What else I can ask you? My Patrice stories. I asked you. Da, 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 da. I wish you why you cried. Yeah. So that's it. Because I'm gay. We got the, uh, oh, you know what? What? Let me ask you your opinion. I'm always curious about the story about a girl comic, too. What do you think of that thing with Ari and that girl? You know that whole story? Yeah. Oh, because he called her name out in Comedy Central? Yeah. Comedy Central's fault. Yeah. Sure. Comedy Central's, a lot of balls were dropping. Were, was that a word? Did I just be, a lot of balls were dropped. Yes. <laughs> a lot I of balls dropping. were dropping sounds like, yeah, <laughs> boys are becoming men during this thing. <laughs> Don't step back in that shit. Oh, my God. There's dog shit right no. behind me. Um, I just think, I think everyone's oversensitive in this culture. I feel like there's a platform for everybody to have an opinion that's heard. I think she obviously, she jumped right at it. She, if anything, she's doing exactly what Ari did, but in a reverse and in a different. Sure. She's just trying to get the same outcome. I just think. Ari's doing it with comedy. She's doing it with attention. Yeah, pure think, attention. I think the thing about the, I got lost immediately on that. My sister was kidnapped and raped. And like. Yeah. Cause to me, that's out of left field. Like, is that. What? Ari's fault. <laughs> what, what does that have to Should do I blame with Ari anything? For that? Yeah, and it's also like, what do you? What does that gotta do? It's so weird that made the cuts. Like, go attack this a, a specific problem if you want to, and you know, you guys said the thing that I loved that I wish you would have done, man, was uh, I said I feel bad for her very much. Like I'm not like yeah. uh, I don't. Uh, <laughs> I think what Ari did is kind of like mean. Yeah, I mean, funny, they, but it's like yeah. you know, whatever. It's I mean, whatever. I mean, it's it's, it's kind not of, the and greatest she, thing. And she's a comic. It was his finest moment, but, <laughs> but, 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 but one, what he said was funny. It was funny. If, yeah. you, if you didn't know this backstory of it, like it just make you laugh. Right. She forced you to put a fucking face on it. You know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, I just wish she would have, when she said, I, I thought I'd challenge him to a roast battle. He goes, yeah, challenge him to a roast battle. Or just put out a podcast of you just shitting on Ari. Yeah, like, like turn it into something. He has something. no problem with yeah. that. I, I promise I know Ari enough to know he has no problem if she just put out a podcast trying to shit. He would just He'd fire like, back yeah. or he would ignore it and just let her have her moment shitting on him. And he's not that, uh, you know, I, I don't. I don't think he was that emotional about doing it. I mean, I'm yeah. speculating, obviously, but like, I don't think it was with a fuck this bitch. I, I'm gonna, I, I'm gonna no, drag her over the coals. It was no. a funny. It was a funny thing for him. It was a funny, it was just a funny thing that happened. That's it. It yeah. wasn't. He wasn't trying to drag some bitch over the coals. And you know what's funny? It's just like, the, unfortunately for some people, man, comedy like laughter. There is science to it, and even like the, you know, most religious or shitty person would have to deny when he says in the thing. That I'm only telling you, sh and she has one arm. He goes, I'm only telling you that because if you see her, you'd be like, is that her? Because <laughs> you think he would have said something about the one arm. <laughs> that's why he's saying it, so you know it is yes. her. And I'm like, that's just funny. Just by the science <laughs> of funny, those words, that's a really funny reason to do it. He goes, well, he's right. Even if you think it's Dicky that he said her name, he goes, you know, he said it by the one arm. He goes, that's okay. That's definitely her. What are the odds that two girls are like this and have one arm? The science of comedy exists. It does. It that's really our does. rap. That's our out. That's it. <laughs> I like that. The science of comedy.
That's a good title for something. It's a good memoir title. Jerry, Jerry Seinfeld should write that. That's my boy, Big J Okerson. And I, you know, I didn't even realize my voice is a little hoarse, and you guys, it's a little pony. It's a teeny little horse. Um, my voice is hoarse because of the screaming at the NKOTB concert, FYI. I'm not a, smoke, I'm not a smoker. Um, I was screaming step by step and um, hanging tough at the top of my lungs and uh, also sc- no scrubs. So that's why my voice is hoarse. Uh, Big J Okerson, please find him in, a, in an, a city near you. Go see him live. It is really, he's mastered the science of comedy and he is just, he's just very entertaining and just raw, raw, funny. Uh, gr- great dude. Fucking hilarious. And what great, what a great storyteller. Um, yeah, that was a, that was a fun fucking time. We hung out at a little house and there were dog, there was dog shit everywhere where, when I interviewed him and I, he saved me from stepping in it. That's a real friend. So besides him being hilarious, he saved me from stepping in dog shit. So there you go. Okay. And we talked about Marilyn Manson, who I mentioned before is, I just, I, I love anybody who likes to go to the edge and go beyond the edge as far as entertainment is concerned, especially as an artist. Like he just, he really, he pushed everyone's buttons and continues to do that. It it, it just, it's, it's to me, that's a true, that's true art, not being afraid to, to be unique and say something and have a point of view and wear eyeliner. Really that much eyeliner I mean, and have all those different costumes. I love his costumes. I just watched a bunch of videos of Marilyn Manson on YouTube. That motherfucker puts on a show. I've never seen him live. I'm starting to get into more live music, as you can tell, by going to New Kids on the Block. I'm starting from the past. (laughs) But I got to check him out live, man. I just, individuality is, is is where it's at. Don't be afraid to be yourself. You don't need to dress like everybody else. Just be yourself. Have fun. Clothes should be fun. Hairstyle should be fun. And that's that. That's all That's all it's about. Because you can't take yourself too seriously. And that's, that's the, the irony in, I think, the way Marilyn Manson is as a human being. If you can hear Fozzie's dying in the background. He's just, his, his, his breaths, his last breaths are upon us. <laughs> Eight more grand, Fozzie, and I'll keep you alive. Um, I just think that that is the irony in, in the way Marilyn Manson carries himself. He doesn't take himself seriously. And it's almost like he's playing a joke on the people who are offended by the way he is. That's the genius part of it, where he's putting on this outfit and putting on this show and writing these lyrics that have to do with shit that's going on in society. And he's a really brilliant writer. If you read his stuff, read his lyrics, and the whole package together, it's just, to me, I love that. That I just, it's, that's dope. I'm going to be Marilyn Manson for Halloween this year, I think. That'd be a fucking great costume. I've never seen somebody be Marilyn Manson for Halloween. Just people in every day dress like him. You know, the goth kids dress like that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really be Marilyn Manson this year. Um, movies. I didn't really watch a lot this week, but I thought about movies that I love and movies that I think you guys should, should check out. I don't know. Rob Zombie is another one who's 
just amazing. His movies are so dope. Um, Devil's Rejects, House of a Thousand Corpse, Corpses. I, I, can't, I can't. Is that how you say the word? Corpses. 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 Crispy. Crispy corpses. House of a Thousand Corpses. Um, he did the Halloween prequel, and he's he he wrote on a ton of movies too. A lot of people don't know that, uh, but just check out his films. The soundtracks are flawless. The editing is flawless. The style of his movies, they kind of have like a 1970s tone to them. Just, he's hardcore horror all the way through. Um, Another movie that I thought of that's really dope is Horde. I think it's a German zombie movie. It's called Horde. Really dope, fun movie about the apocalypse. I'm pretty sure it's German. If not, sorry to offend you, but you guys, you know, you got the whole Holocaust thing, so I, I think we can just keep. I think we're, I think it's even if I uh, offend you. Um, Tucker and Dale versus Evil, fun fucking movie. You got to see that movie. It's in the vein of Wolf Cop, which I recommended two podcasts ago. I think you have to see Wolf Cop. I'm gonna I'm gonna recommend that movie every time I do a podcast. They followed me on Twitter, and I freaked out. And Tucker and Dale versus Evil is in the same tone of Wolf Cop. It's just fun, comedy, horror, deliciousness. Get up in it. Uh, I'm going to answer some questions. But before I do that, uh, let me say I'm in West Valley City, Utah at Wise Guys, May 15th and 16th. West Valley City, Utah at the Wise Guys Comedy Club, May 15th and 16th, with my girl Marcella Arguello. She's opening for me. Get your tickets at jessiemay.com, or you can Google West Valley City Wise Guys and get your tickets from their website, because I don't know what the F their website is. But please come see me May 15th and 16th if you live in West Valley City, Utah. I will be there. I will do a meet and greet after my shows. I would love to see you. Um, I had some really good questions. You guys actually... I was surprised at the amount of really fun questions. Um, Tamara Garola asks, how do I feel about Hillary as a president? I think that'd be amazing. You know, I don't know if anyone can do any worse than what's already been done. I think the next worst thing that's going to happen to us is China's going to take over and we're going to become China's bitch. But I would love to see a female president, and I know I will in my lifetime. I think it's amazing that we've had a black president, and I think he did what he could have done. And and to have Hillary come up in there, you know, they're all they're all assholes at the end of the day. They're the asshole that came out of their mother's little hole. Happy Mother's Day, James Argy. Ask Argy, Argy. Uh, you know, I'm trying with these last names, y'all. He says, do I ever perform in Syracuse? Hello, I'm from Syracuse. James, where the fuck have you been? I'm in Syracuse every Thanksgiving weekend at the Funny Bone Comedy Club in Destiny, USA. It is Carousel Mall. It will always be Carousel Mall. I will never call that place Destiny, USA. It is Carousel Mall. Get rid of the fucking carousel if it's Destiny, USA. No, you can't do that because you know that Carousel is the mall. Uh, I'm there every Thanksgiving that, that, that week that the weekend that surrounds Thanksgiving. So please come and see me, James Argy. Um, Nikki Santiago asks, would I like to have a threesome with him and his girlfriend? I mean, now, I think this is a question your girlfriend should ask me, not you. Oh, no, wait, maybe is it Nikki? Are you the girlfriend? Maybe you're the girlfriend. Oh, wow. If you're the girlfriend, well, damn, Nikki. 
you just get right in there. You don't, you don't even care. You're like, whatever. I'm about to ask if I can have a threesome. Oh no, it's a guy. Oh, Nikki, you bastard. I was looking at your photo. Me and my girlfriend. You know, I'm, I don't want to be your little mistress unless you pay me. How much, how much do threesomes go these days? Um, Jerry Moreno asks in the same tone as Nikki Santiago, you little horny bastards. Jerry Moreno asks, would I have a one night stand with him? Um, I've never had a one night stand in my life. That is one thing I'm proud of. I don't get down like that. So I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm going to have to say no because I'm busy with Nikki and his girlfriend. (laughs) Uh, Nick Marchetti. Hey, Paisan. He asks, have you ever farted and blamed it on somebody else? No. No, I haven't, Nick, because I'm not an asshole. My mother raised me with manners and I always take the fart cake. If I, if I cut the cake, I'm going to let people know because I'm a lady. Uh, one last question here. Carrie Renfro asks, what's the best life lesson that my mother instilled? That's a really good question. And how appropriate to wrap up the podcast uh, post-Mother's Day what is the best life lesson my mother instilled? You know, I have to go back to what I said. My mother, it's not like she sat me down and said this to me, but through her actions and the way I was raised, instilled in me to treat people with regard and to consider people. Uh, and to me, that's something that's really important because we're so self-absorbed, especially in this generation. Instagram has made everybody feel like they're famous and made people feel like they're celebrities and, and self-important. I think it's so valuable to treat some someone else with respect. I don't care if it's a mailman. I don't care if it's your waitress, uh, if it's the busser in a bar, if it's a, a bum in the street. Nobody is better than anybody else. We, our lives can be taken away at any moment. And I think that we forget that sometimes, that life is a gift and you don't deserve it any more than anybody else. So I think it's really important to treat each other with respect and regard because that permeates through society. Positivity is more contagious than the herpes that I am riddled with. <laughs> I mean, I should have just ended it nicely, but my childish brain went there, and I love the word riddled. Underused word, and it's so good to describe somebody who is infested with some sort of disease. And speaking of, I'm going to the OBGYN tomorrow, so I'll let you guys know. Cross your fingers. Let's hope there's no creepy crawlers up in my little future mother hole. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much for tuning in again. This is a Sharp Tongue Podcast, and I'm going to leave you with... A little interview that I found on YouTube of Marilyn Manson on the Dave Letterman show from 1997. It was his first interview with Dave Letterman, and I just loved what he said. He's so chill and poised, and uh, he's, he's quite the character. Very smart dude, and I just love his tone, how understated he is. It's, it's pretty cool to see somebody who speaks 
very selectively and is dressed the way he's dressed and it sort of has this persona uh, the Marilyn Manson persona. So I'm going to leave you with this little interview. Please check me out. Come see me, jessiemay.com. You guys are dope. Dope. The beautiful people. The beautiful people. Now, um, you and I are both from the Midwest. You're from Canton, Ohio. I'm from Indianapolis, Indiana. And I'm guessing that's about all we have in common. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, are are you are you more of a guy uh, like me, or you, you're pretending to be not a guy like me? I mean, not that anybody wants to be a guy like me. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not sure, I'm not sure if I understand. Well, the I'm question. not sure. I'm sure. Do you like bacon? I like Bob Dole. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, people, uh, their impression of you is, uh, uh, many people like you, of course, that's your, that's your fan base. Uh, other people are reviled and, and horrified by you and what you supposedly stand for. Is that a, a fair assessment of things? Well, I've always measured success not only by the amount of people that love you, but the ones that hate you, too. Because right. if you do something that everybody loves, it's not really worth too right. much. And do, do, you, do you like to, to get people upset? Do you, does that, is that part of what fuels you? Is... Um, I like to provoke people so they think. You know, I think that's, that's a healthy part of uh, entertainment, uh -huh. that you don't get too much from the Spice Girls. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.